everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about archery school, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland cameos, and Rumpelstiltskin doing what might be the most relatable thing I've ever seen him do, get a post-breakup haircut. We've all been there. He was missing the bangs, but apart from that, 10 out of 10. Bangs and a misjudge undercut. That's what you do now. Like that's mm-hmm. you do you do a little bit of both. Extra up front, a little less out the back, and then like maybe like um I don't know if they would he would like at the time he probably wouldn't have gotten a cool highlight or something, but now I think it would have been like the fairy hair with the tinsel. Just like mm-hmm. a little bit of it hiding some peekaboo fairy tinsel hair. Mm. No, probably not fairy hair. He doesn't like fairies. Uh, they're the worst. Because his mom is one. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> Everyone, we're here to talk about season six, episode four, Strange Case, and what a strange case it is. I am Beth Eldrick, and I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I am angry and indignant, furious even. Four episodes. We got four episodes with the man, and then they just kill him non-ceremoniously. Monsters. Who's the real monster? Once Upon a Time writers. They took him too soon. Yes. So this episode was directed uh, by Alric Riley and written by David Goodman and Nelson Soler. So a couple names that we're not super familiar with. And you can definitely tell because this episode does things that we have not seen on the show in a long time, if not ever. Like a guy just full on gets impaled. Oh, yeah. Impaled. We see a woman picking up on bad vibes from a guy. Like, just strange once upon a time things you don't normally see. Yeah, and and oh, like I think there's some ups and downs. I think there's some good things to talk about. I think there's some bad things to talk about. But I'm going to start with what might be the most controversial opinion, Abby. It's one I did not anticipate having. Oh, no, are we going gonna... might, to? It might drive our podcast apart. Well, guys, it was a good run. <laughs> Beth? On reflection, I think it's time for Jekyll and Hyde to go. No. What? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. It was a good there run, was... everybody. Thank you. <laughs> as much as I love Sam Witwer as Hyde, because I do, and as much as I have mixed feelings on Hank Harris's Jekyll, which I do, there's really nothing else for them to do at this point because of the way that they set up the show to go. Like, it felt, it felt, if they had, like, done the same thing to Hades and gotten rid of him earlier on, I think maybe we could have had something cooler with the second half of um, that half season. But I'm, you know, R.I.P. Hyde. I love him to death. I love him forever. But upon watching it again, I'm like, okay, I get it. Now that I'm ready for it. But I'm, I'm, I, I'm eager to hear your take because I imagine it's going to be very different from the one I've come to. It is different, but I only think they wrote themselves into a corner with it. And you could also tell that they were just sort of pushing it forward. Like, I'm, I I like the ca- the episode of them and how we got to where we were and the world's most obvious twist, how those things go. That's fine. I just wish it would have been like in an episode or two where we would have gotten a little bit more actual plot with the two of them mm-hmm. because we get some of the Mr. Hyde stuff, which is great. We get him in the cell. We get him talking to Emma and being um, treated by the evil queen and Regina trying to tempt him with her weird lasagna thing, whatever. We don't really get a lot of FaceTime with Jekyll. And I think that's because they weren't, 
like they couldn't hide it as much as they thought that they could. I think we would have started getting started smelling something fishy about Jekyll's character much mm-hmm. sooner if they would have shown him a little bit longer. But I, I don't know. Maybe in a different world they went out for six episodes and I was like, it went on for far too long. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it's good that we got just enough. But at the same time, I'm a greedy, greedy millennial and I wish it went on for six seasons in a movie. Like, <laughs> I I just think it was also very unceremonious how it like ended mm-hmm. for Hyde specifically. Like, Jekyll was all very like dramatic and everything and it was just like, <laughs> I uh, mm, eh, did. And then we just sort of get some talking from Rumple about what happened. And it was in service of Regina's plot. Like, their it, whole yeah. character is just, which is fair and that's fine. I just, I wish they would have been a little bit more rounded in that storytelling. I agree. And I think the the big, the one caveat, the big caveat is they they failed to do what they wanted to do with Jekyll. Like, this twist makes sense in theory, in practice, once you really start considering all everything it entails, it makes absolutely no sense. And that's what I'm really excited to dive into. It's just, in terms of just narrative flow, I wasn't as bothered by it this time as I was last time. And maybe that's just because I've given up all hope. And that could be possible, Uh, too. Ah, yes. The pessimism and just the defeated nature has just gotten you to this point, which... I suppose, which is a real, uh, it's a real nice 2023 way to look at it. You're just like, you know what, at this point, I'll take it. I'm just happy we got anything at all. Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and start in the past. I want to know what is going on with Jekyll and Hyde. What is their story? And does it involve getting to uh, raid the good costumes from the the ABC backlot? Because I was enjoying the wardrobe. This this whole thing just gave me the costume designer watched the 2005 Pride and Prejudice and had a moment because listen I I I really appreciate uh, Mr. Hyde this entire time I've liked his characterization um, I sent the thing to you where apparently uh, the voice of Hyde according to Sam Witwer was not Bane. It is the combination somehow of Darth Maul and Emperor Palpatine, and he landed on that. Sure. <laughs> I, I I like the whole thing. I like that he's the good guy, but he also has like the the red the red ringed I'm an alcoholic eyeballs, even from the very beginning. But when he comes out in that top hat, Beth, I lost all sense of self. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Amazing. Mary didn't stand a chance. Like, no. she was probably just like, you know what? I think that Dr. Jekyll's kind of okay. Here comes Mr. Hyde in a top hat. No, she made all the correct choices. <laughs> she, Oh, she did. And I, I kind of like it when you think about the story of Jekyll and Hyde or... I one of my big references is the Jekyll and Hyde musical, which is terrible. Fan of the opera knockoff. Don't recommend it. Uh, but one thing is that they have like this weird love quadrangle thing involving Jekyll, Hyde, um, Jekyll's love interest, who's the pure an- angelic so high soprano. And then the mezzo who I play, who is a sex worker and who dies. She gets murdered. 
because that's what always happens with with sex workers and particularly mezzo sopranos in musicals they die they're they're sex workers who die oh. <laughs> i know it's my lot in life Ugh. either play a castrati or i die usually both pick one uh, <laughs> and um but yeah like I like how her character isn't like this pure, angelic, oh, I just, you know, I want the men you were. Why can't you just be the good? Why can't you be good? And then he's like, I must get rid of the evil to be good. Instead, it's like, um, you're kind of boring now. I like, I'm going to like hook up with this dude. And it's going to be great. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, which, which is, a, you know, there's a lot you could dissect from this that was absolutely not part of the story. Like, none of this was baked into it. Like, this is just stuff that I can extrapolate from mm-hmm. the story of just saying that, yeah, in the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, there is a girl, and I'm not going to use the term that they would have used back then, but it is a she is in a platonic feeling mode with him, and he clearly does not feel the same. Um, it is a one-sided relationship, uh, unrequited if if we could go so far and she you know she doesn't want whatever and then she finds another guy who i'm sorry my favorite thing that she says is which makes me feel like she was like 19 because of the way she's for whatever reason because she's like i need a person that rides their passion like a horse or she says something like overtly just dirty as hell <laughs> just overtly sexual but also just so strange like there's no way you didn't mean it to be like that she just wants like adventure and she wants someone a little bit brooding and dark because don't we all. And anyway, I like that characterization of it as opposed mm-hmm. to, like you said, any classic tellings of that is like, this is a man, this is a monster. And it's like, well, no, a monster is this weird incel character who thinks that, you know, he deserves things and that if he wants something that he should get it back and he could get himself into a secret society. So here's, so we'll go into their story. We go to Dr. Jekyll is talking with Mary. She's very cute. She's a very beautiful woman. She's like, oh my God, you've made this amazing potion. It's so great. It's like, um, actually, it's a a theorem. It's a theorem, (laughs) Um, but you wouldn't wouldn't know that, uh, which I understand because I went to medical school. Um, I don't even know what kind of school he went to. I don't think he ever said. Nah, he seems like a guy who would say female as a as a noun. You females <laughs> just don't know the difference. Women in STEM, not really. So he is trying to get into, like her dad comes in and is just like, you suck. The dad is part of some sort of secret skull and bones science club. Yes, and he's he is the same character who is Alice's doctor. In Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Fantastic. Yeah. Amazing crossover. And so he's like, no, you're a lunatic who has zero ethics. Like, you, mm. this doesn't work. We we, we can't do this. And also, you're literally just saying in theory, you're just presenting it to me, this magic potion or serum yeah. that you're Stop saying sh- will do this crazy thing. Stop shaking this Listerine bottle at me and telling me about how you've probably forcibly tested this on people at a mental mental institution like nothing that you're doing like i think this was you know on the verge of you know ethics and science like dr whale would not be part of this uh secret society in any way shape or form 
And so but he wouldn't want to be. Oh no, he would openly mock them and throw things mm-hmm. at them while drunk. Like <laughs> boo tomato. So Dr. Jekyll is unhappy about this lot in life that he's been given. And wouldn't you know it, Beth? This this man who is down in his luck, who is straddling the line of destiny as to which path he will walk, light or dark, meets meets a creature of darkness with gold skin and a fresh wig named Rumpelstiltskin. And like green mouth? I don't know what they were doing with his makeup in this episode. Very confused about this version of him, uh, but all right, because he just shows up. And they they do this, like, I'm going to use big air quotes here. I'm just going to tell you, but I'm going to show you big air quotes of saying it's a big reveal later about what's going on. But it's very clear what Rumpel's mm-hmm. motives are here. And he shows up and he's like, no, no, no. This is an amazing achievement in science. And Dr. Jekyll says, no, it's not. It doesn't even work. And then Rumpel says, oh, Really? And then he does a flick of the wrist. Boop. It works. And Dr. Jekyll says, hey, man, how'd you do that? And then Rumpel said something that makes my absolute, just makes my blood boil from the tips of my toes to the top of my head. Sometimes all you need in science is a little bit of magic or something to that effect. I didn't even remember it correctly because I'm mad about it. Uh, I I can understand your point, but on the other hand, I did recently go on a Disney cruise, so magic is all I can think about. So, you know. I'm I'm fine with magic. I love magic. Magic is wonderful. I like watching a good magic show. I like the weird TikToks of that one guy, the two dudes with the big gold curtain, and they they have the Celine Dion song playing behind them, and then they do terrible magic tricks. I love magic. Magic's wonderful. Disneyland makes me cry. Star Wars Land made me cry. I had a great time. But saying that science sometimes needs a little bit of magic (laughs) is something I will not concede. Not now, not ever, a hill I will truly die on. Because it it was such... First of all, it's just patently false. Second of all, it is such a weird, like, hand wave to the plot. Because Mm -hmm. now Jekyll didn't do anything. He just thought of a cool thing, and then Rumpel made it happen. There's no... I do not believe Jekyll would have been able to create the serum again because he didn't con- he didn't make it in the first place. Yeah. He failed and, every time. And you you can compare it to like what Rumpel did with Dr. Frankenstein, but mm-hmm. in that it was actually a huge plot point in how Rumpel was involved and what the role Rumpel played with the magic of the heart, but it was all very well explained and it you know it, it was much better integrated. And also, there's no proof. Jekyll doesn't have proof in front of him that Rumpel did anything. Like, it just changed color for a second. And Jekyll is like, oh, I can't believe it works. I'm like, how do you know that? All you did is he, you saw him, like, do a magic mood ring thing to it. That's what we call... Um, a snake oil salesman, a charlatan. He's going to try and like sell you his magic elixir that will guarantee any science a bit of magic. I will sell you this elixir for two three pence. magic beans. Um, so he's like, I will take this and I will convince Mary's father to let me into the secret society. Amazing. 
So he takes it, um, and he becomes Mr. Hyde. But he's not Mr. Hyde yet. He is a, again, because none of this is thought out. He doesn't have, like, a name. He's just like, I am man. I will go to party. <laughs> Let us go. So he goes and he meets Rumple, and Rumple's like, it's so funny because you're, like, hiding. Let's call you Mr. Hyde. <laughs> so stupid. I just, I, I physically. Also, the character. Yeah. The characterization they gave Hyde in the scene is really weird because and this is this is where I want to talk about the larger issue I have with the whole Jekyll and Hyde relationship that they develop in this episode develop and conclude is that like in this scene Hyde is like a baby like he's very he's almost like a newborn like look at this big wide world Ooh. and then and then he instantly goes into like badass mode which is great and makes Mary very horny um but the problem I have is there's no clear indication like what their differentiation is. Like if you think about it, it should be that Hyde is the id and um, Jekyll is the logic and the upper ego. Like Hyde is all instinct. An instinct can be passion. It can be love. It can be the good things and bad things too. So I don't understand why Jekyll turns into an incel instead of like, being completely separated from his emotions to the point where like everything is calculated, everything is science, everything is cut and dry as opposed to like rage. Do you know what I mean? I do, but I also kind of get the weird shape they were trying to cut. They mm -hmm. were trying not to do that much. I don't know what the wording I want to go here. I, I think they were just trying not to go so obvious, but I also think that they got a little in the weeds Mm -hmm. Because you're trying to do this with a character you've already kind of established, which is, again, why I think they don't show you a lot of Jekyll later is because you, based on the characterization that they give him, that would come through faster. Mm -hmm. But, like, Hyde's stuff is just, like, a man scorned and you could you could write back what, what he's upset about. Like, before this big event happened, he was this. And I agree with you. I feel like I know what they were trying to do of being like, oh, he's it's the first time he's seeing the world. It's like, but it's not the first time he's seeing the world. This is a second part of Dr. Jekyll. The, like, it's a, it's a second side of his personality who has seen the world. He's just been, like, pushed down a little bit. He's been that part of your personality that you hide from people. This is what he's masking from the world. And then the split isn't, like, the split is if you took an incel and then all of his redeeming qualities that he's punched down into oblivion, like empathy <laughs> and <laughs> listening and the ability to really, really carry a top hat. Well, I, it, you're right that it's sloppy. It doesn't quite, it's not an equal and opposite reaction. It is not. This is very not thir Newton's third law that I definitely understand because of a bow and arrow now. Oh, I do. Yes. I got to shoot stuff, and now I know science. I'm going to ace the ACT. Let's go. And I'm sorry. If you're... Random side note. If you're going to have an exercise involving a bow and arrow and Newton's third law of aerodynamics or whatever, and you don't have an apple, when there's literally apples on your and table... We, and we make a joke about not liking apples. We, Girl! I, it's, it's right there. Guys. So anyway, yes. So, so Mr. Hyde, Mr. Mr. Hide your wife, hide your kids. 
Um, <laughs> hide your kids. Hide your wife from sexy hide. He's coming. He could Mr. Hide. He is like, I am here in behalf of my best friend, Dr. Jekyll, who is amazing and has an eight pack and is definitely shredded. <laughs> he needs to be part of your awesome secret society. Oh, you must be Mary. He talks about you all the time about how awesome and cool and pretty and smart you are. And she's like, interesting. He's never mentioned you. And I have lots of questions about that because you are very pretty. Even though they gave him the super bloodshot eyes, like they almost glowed <laughs> with how red they were in these scenes. It's like he and I get it. They were trying to make sure that we perceived him as evil. Like mm-hmm. this man evil. Look at his red, scary eyes. And the and the doctor's just like, listen, Dr. Jekyll sucks. No. Absolutely not. Get out of here. Okay. Hyde, or Jekyll is not happy about any of this. Well, no, because what Hyde does, Hyde gets him the membership by threatening to expose... The doctor's oh, affair that, with I his that young lab for, assistant. Sorry, I, I thought this happened in a, a second scene for some reason. Yes, he threatens the dad and it's just like, hey, scoundrel, you're a scallywag. I don't know. I can't think of any other words. But yeah, he's just like, I will expose you and I will blackmail you into getting my best friend. My best friend, Dr. Jekyll, who is an amazing man and is continuously saving orphans from burning buildings. Quite the hero. And he's like, fine, he can be part of this club. You never want to become a part of a club if blackmail is involved, by the way. Like, it can only go down. Like, no. only bad things happen from this. Because they're 100%. Their goal is to find blackmail about you. Yeah. And they're because they want to just one-up you and then just, like, embarrass you so that you, the person that knows the secrets, have been eliminated. Mm-hmm. So. So, anyway. We. Jekyll has, like, this weird moment where he, like, doesn't. He is unhappy. He is unhappy with how things played out. Which is our first clue that he is kind of the worst. (laughs) But then he's just like, no, 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 no. You have to go, like, convince Mary to date me? Like, or something. I genuinely didn't track this middle part. Well, Rumpel was pushing it. He said, like, it's not enough. You also have to get Mary to fall in love with you before the sun sets on the third day. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, before the last petal falls, she must fall in love with you. It's amazing. And so we go back to being Mr. Hyde. He shows up looking like 2005 Darcy, like, just sort of being like, sorry, I was swimming in the lake and I know it's dawn and my shirt is open. Hello. Let's go. And Mary goes Full, like, I mean, she physically throws herself at him. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't fault her for it. <laughs> She's no. just like, I need someone to ride their passion like a face, like the wind. <laughs> <laughs> and they they start smooching. And then they, like, Okay, I want to know what your take is on this. Did they chastely sleep next to each other from passion, or did they like bone and then get redressed? Or did I they think, only half I think undress? They, I think they boned halfway undressed. Okay. Or but cool. I mean, she had to get fully changed into her giant nightgown. So they they totally effed. Like they totally fucked for sure. I he didn't have idea. pants on. 
I love the fact that they would have done that, and then like she then got up and got because she's gorgeous too. Again, I. I'm always very appreciative. Like, I always think it's really funny when, like, movies will do that. They'll be like, this is how she woke up. Bullshit. <laughs> this is not how she woke up at all. And so she wakes up to find Dr. Jekyll in the bed and is rightfully pretty upset about it. As the chaos of her discovering this is happening and Jekyll, like, out loud piecing to the whole thing together and discovering that to him... She is simply a harlot. A harlot and how dare she? She fell in love with the wrong person and now he must do the only logical thing and then just shake the ever-loving shit out of her until she falls out a window. Well, just be like, no, we gonna be together. We gonna be together. We gonna be together. How dare you? Ah! And then throws her out a window. Which... And then they show the body, which I was Seriously, surprised. That was rough. That was a tough... Like, they don't show it once cl- quickly. They show it the first time... For a second, enough for someone to go, OMG, it's the doctor's daughter, and then run to her side. Then we cut to Dr. Jekyll going, "Uh uh-oh, I can't do this, takes the potion to turn into Hyde, because he's, like, sitting there, standing there holding the necklace. Um, And then Hyde wakes up and sees that she's laying there. So then we get another look at her while more people are standing there staring at her and look up at him. So we get like a full, I didn't time it, but like 10 seconds of a, of a dead body. Dead body Big with no- like blood around the head and then a giant slit. <laughs> like they showed, they showed the leg. I mean, they even, I will say they, that she landed very ladylike. She didn't mm-hmm. land in like a family guy splat or anything. So that's, I guess they, there was no like weird contortion to make it like horrific, but it was still like, we know what's going on. So anyway. The dad's apparently within running distance of this room. And well, she still lives at home because know, she's not married still, yet. Where did we get this? The, she the, never the, will be. Where did we get the, where is the film of Hyde, a full grown man sneaking into a parent? Out, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and them having very quiet, passionate love. <laughs> and so the dad burst in, and Hyde's like, "No!" And anyway, no. See, that's... if 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 the dad had stayed for an extra minute and looked out the window and saw his daughter down there, at first he'd be horrified, and then the second thought would be, "Well, well, that's what happens when you have sex before marriage." This is what the <laughs> this is what this is what uh yeah this is what ABC Family tried to teach us: having sex before <laughs> marriage, people die. You get pushed out a window, and then he yells out the window. Take that lesson, ladies. One of my favorite stories about, um, I think it was Life of an, uh, The Secret Life of, of an American Teenager, oh, the God. thing that launched Shailene Woodley's career. Uh, there's like an episode where the like chronically uh, chased character who was just like, no, I'm saving myself for marriage. I'm saving myself for marriage. Finally has sex with a boy. But while this is happening, they intercut it with her father on a plane and then the plane crashes. So they had to recut it because it was like, the lesson here, kids, is if you have sex before marriage, your dad dies. <laughs> that show was all kinds of messed up. And not limited not limited to Shailene Woodley's giant hair bangs that were supposed to not read as emo, but like cool and <laughs> trendy. Like, she's not a scene girl and her bangs do that. They're not even bangs. It's just hair from the back of her head that she Trump swept to the front. <laughs> 
Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, so Rumple shows up with Hyde and is like, you, you gots to go. Bye. Go through I, Land of Untold Stories. See you later. I kept she- thinking, because there's like a scene where Hyde like looks in the mirror at himself and all I could hear is that Jason Siegel Muppet song. Am I a man or am I a Muppet? I don't remember how the theme, how it like goes, but it's just like, he's just so dramatic. So anyway, he goes to Untold Story, but like even Rumpel was just kind of like staring at him like, this isn't how this was supposed to go. This science experiment absolutely failed. At one point before Rumpel sends him off to, sends Jekyll to turn himself into Hyde, he goes, listen, again, more me being mad about science. He says to Dr. Jekyll, he said, listen, one time is not enough to prove a theory. And I was like, perfect, amazing, I'm with you. And he goes, now, if we can make it happen twice. <sighs> no. <laughs> That's not how data works. You, we got two data points. Proved. Yeah, is a, this is a peer-reviewed article. I have two data points. R equals one. Let's go. <laughs> R equals hole in one. We did it. Science. So anyway, yes, we ship we ship Hyde off to the the land of untold stories because Rumpel is mad because science and magic were not able to solve his beast problem. Dang. I can't believe it. I can't, I couldn't believe it. I, I was for sure thought that he had solved it at this point. Dang it. And, and I wonder how we're going to make it Bell's fault. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We're going to go ahead and head back to Storybrooke. We're going to open our episode with Mr. Gold. He is looking in a mirror while he's trying to fix a watch. It's not going so well. And he really... Or am I a Muppet? <laughs> And he looks and he's like, you know what this problem is? It's my wig. It's my weave. It's getting in my way. I'm going to get some scissors and then boop, boop, boop. I'm going to have a giant short haircut, which is totally related to the plot and not at all related to the fact that I was in the middle of filming Train Spotting 2. Just a coincidence. Just FYI. That said, I like the hair. Was Train 2 any good? I didn't see it. I haven't seen the I first one either, to be honest. I was just curious. I know Train Spotting was like. I think it was one of those, like, lightning in a bottle situations, Mm -hmm. disturbing lightning in a bottle situations. So I don't know how a second one would work, but I've always wondered. I've never really looked, honestly. So anyway, I was curious. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, Evil Queen shows up and compliments his hair and hits on him. And I thought you would love this. This is great for you, right? Throwing up about something else. (laughs) (laughs) And Hyde is also there. And um, Hyde is like, I need this necklace. It's a cameo necklace. It's totally as a plot point, I promise. And Gold responds by being like, hell no. I'm instead going to murder you. Choke, choke, choke. And then <laughs> he and the evil queen just start like cackling. And it was really, it was very poorly done. Like, <laughs> They just go on for so long. And it's because... Hyde cannot be killed while Jekyll lives. And for a hot second, for until the end of the episode, I was like, oh, wow. So you could just like split yourself and be immortal. That's what I thought, too. 
That's kind of yeah. that's kind of like, oh wow, they found the secret. Rumple should have taken advantage of this for that reason alone. <laughs> for some reason, I thought it was like a you both. They both had to be stabbed at the same time because like that's what I seem to remember happening. I don't remember why. I also seem to remember his head getting hit on a rock. I don't know what I'm remembering, <laughs> but like okay. I will say that I did have the thought, because again, we're intercutting this with like Mary being slightly horny. And by slightly, I mean super horny. It was just a, she's like, Haha, you can't do that. You can't kill him unless you want to spend the rest of your days choking Mr. Hyde. And I'm just waiting for like the ghost of Mary to appear. I'm in. Sign <laughs> <laughs> me up. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Talk about her favorite necklace. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> And Evil Queen, you know, she says, oh, I can't hurt Belle. And Hyde goes, well, I can, because we just need a lot of weird suspense and Hyde threatening things. But instead, he's not actually going to do anything except yeah. make Rumpole watch. We, we, I feel like there was a director off stage just doing this stretch. Stretch. Like, we had <laughs> we so much cool backstory it. and we had just not a lot of filler <laughs> of the present. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Emma's house, um, Charming is going into weird, overprotective father mode with pancakes. It's a choice. It's a bad choice, but it's a choice the show has made. It is very awkward when the two of them are the same age. And so it definitely feels like she's not really taking him seriously, which I kind of like. Like, she's just like, dude, like, you're my age. I don't. He's going to move in and we're going to bone. We've boned so many times already. Yeah. We boned earlier this morning. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 you're right. It does read strange because they are the same age. Because it's just. And I don't see that there's like there's no tension between them. Like it's not like there's weird chemistry with them. It's just one of those like visually it feels like it doesn't make sense. It's a weird mm. dynamic that. I don't think they needed to pursue. No. So. No, I, I I preferred when Charming was like trying to be like cool dad with Emma. And he did do this later. He's like, oh, well, you can give Hook this recipe. Like that I thought was fun. Like be respectful of this 30, 30 something woman who is moving in with her boyfriend. Like she is a grown woman. She can do whatever the hell she wants. And he lives on a boat. Come on. Give him a cut him some slack here, please. Just listen, 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 Emma, you cannot have premarital sex with this boy. I was watching TV the other day. I'll die in a plane crash. <laughs> or you'll get pushed out a window. Or you'll get pushed out a window. <laughs> and all right, well, as that's happening, Snow is heading off to school with Henry, but we're gonna put a pin in that because we're gonna cover that at the very end. Um and we also get Hook hanging out with Belle, who has the weirdest outfit in this episode. I, I don't know why they put her in a see-through, like, shift. I, okay, so I went back and forth with this outfit because I, I liked it un, until the very last scene when she's standing there with Rumple, because then it suddenly stops looking like an outfit and just starts looking like a long shirt <laughs> while she holds her belly. And it just like, cause her first of all, I mean, I'm not, and this isn't against her legs or anything. Cause she looks amazing, but like, it's just like all leg and no pant and she's just standing there and it's windy. It's great. It's just, I, it's not a choice 
that I feel like Belle... It, it doesn't feel like Belle's outfit. I like it on the ship. It makes sense on the ship. It doesn't make sense when she leaves the ship for some reason to me. It doesn't jive. It's also an outfit I, I feel like would I would think would work for me and would certainly not. I feel like it would make more sense if she threw on some like capri, some some maternity capri leggings underneath. Because that's 100% what I would have worn while I was pregnant. That's also Belle. Belle is always like, she's either wearing little hot pants or she's wearing leggings because mm-hmm. it's 2015, 2016. That's what you did. Mm-hmm. You put on anything, you put leggings on underneath it, no matter what it was. Oh, 100%. I still do that. Fashion, well, baby. Listen, it, well, we're we're millennials. We're we're stuck in a vibe because listen, a big mm-hmm. shirt and some leggings, hell yeah. Oh yeah, that's 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 what we call comfort zone. Uh, but yeah, so so Hook is uh, Hook is leaving. He's got one trunk full of stuff because he he doesn't have a lot, which seems kind of weird because he's a pirate. You think a pirate just have more stuff? But he buried it places. He buried it in other places. Gotcha. Okay, so he's just gonna like randomly like there's just gonna be more stuff just accumulating at Emma's house, and she's gonna be like, "Oh my god, where did you find that this time? Oh, that was um, that was off the coast of Denmark." She, yeah. She goes outside one day, and he's in the backyard burying a small treasure chest. <laughs> like, if I'm moving <laughs> in, so is my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and he leaves Belle a conch shell um, that she can presumably blow into in an emergency, but that's not how it works in the end. Instead, it just works like yell and yell in its proximity and you're, and he'll hear you. Can, can, can he, is he just like listening constantly like an Alexa? <laughs> like it's just sitting around and like, he's watching like something with Emma and all she just hears on the other side is, Oh, so what did, so what did my husband do wrong to wrong you this time? Yeah. He's kind of a big, like, wow. Who's Belle talking to? I don't know. Up, oh, gotta go. <laughs> oh my it god, he's bad. like he's hearing so much staticky Real Housewives as she just has it marathoning because she's bored because she's stuck on the boat because Rumple locked her on there. What a weird like this whole thing. Like again, I know how this goes, so I can't put hope into it being different. But everything about this is him going full villain mm-hmm. because he's just like. Aha, you want to be on the boat? Fine. You can never leave the boat. Beth, what if the boat sinks? Mm-hmm. Can I... What if the boat sinks? Does she die? Does she just go down and she is no longer able to leave the ship? She goes down Davy Jones style? Yeah, also, he just magicked it so only Hyde couldn't get in. There's other people who exist who, like that seems really weird that he would only have it be for Hyde. Like, I get that the evil queen cannot harm Belle, but like the evil queen can find a workaround. What if she uh, went on the boat and just stabbed a sword and started sinking the boat? She but could like, do that. It's such a weird spell. It's like, a, I'm only damning you to this boat, but also banishing one specific person. Everybody else is free to come and go. I don't think, listen, I don't know a lot about magic. I've only been watching this show for a while and I watched all of Charmed and all kinds of other stupid weirdo things. I don't think magic is quite that precise on Mm -mm. a whim. That's the kind of magic, that's the kind of magic you need to like kill a horse, then kill your dad for, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, yeah, 
you got to do something pretty big if you want that kind of logistics built into your magic. Yeah. You need some city planning, which Evil Queen can help with. She's good at that. Exactly. So, yeah, so Belle is stuck on the ship uh, because Rumpel is an asshat. And uh, then we get some, like, just things happen. Uh, Jekyll's making the serum. Then Hyde shows up and he rips out. They rip, like, then Gold shows up and rips out Jekyll's heart. It's like a big tit for tat. Rumpel puts the serum on his dagger for some reason. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to use this to kill Hyde. Then he, like, Hyde is just in the woods and just running around. <laughs> I'm hiding the woods. <laughs> he, he like attacks Charming and Emma and then leaves. I'm here. And it seems like he's, only, he's acting like he has this giant master plan that eventually leads to Rumple stabbing him with the dark one dagger. And then Hyde ripping it out and be like, no, I secretly swapped the serum with an exact replica of the bottle with the exact size in it. Haha, <laughs> I'm so genius. Now I have your dagger, Dark One. Now follow me. We're gonna uh, we're gonna go watch a morality play. So my <laughs> somehow the Emperor came back. <laughs> um I would like to I don't want to gloss over the fact that um that Grumpy is involved in this. He makes reference <gasps> oh. to being hatched from an egg, declares loudly that he is the realm's protector before immediately being knocked out. <laughs> and the slowest fall ever. Like, these guys just were like, this felt like charmed levels of, like, bad slow fall. Like, they, they were just like, I just need to gently rest myself down. <laughs> exactly. It's like, guys, we couldn't get the fall mats. So, like, if you guys could just, like, go gently so you don't hurt yourself. Fantastic. Thank you. That'd be great. <laughs> yes. Thank you for, for reminding me of, of Grumpy's weird random <laughs> cameo where he's like, we don't I do defend that. the rose. I hatched from an egg. Can you go get me a sandwich? Screw you. I'll do it, but I'm not going to be pretty very happy about it. Meh. <laughs> Anything else? Your highness? And so then Hyde uh, orders... Rumple to take him over to where Belle is. And Rumple's like, shit, this is the one thing I didn't want to happen. And you'd think, oh, he's going to order Rumple to lower the barrier or something like that. He doesn't, and Rumple just doesn't do anything, even though presumably he hasn't been ordered to not intervene. Like, we never actually hear Hyde say, I order you to, to stand still and not move. Because he just goes, I can't, I can't do anything. No. So I think if I had to guess, Hyde's backup plan was if Jekyll didn't get the job done, he was going to order Rumple to do it. Mm. So that was, I think, why Rumple wasn't involving himself because if he got close to Bell, then I think either either the idea hadn't dawned on Hyde, but dawned on Rumple, or Rumple knew what Hyde was doing. Been like, I can't get anywhere near this woman, or he's going to be like, "All right, you kill her. Oh, you throw her out a window." Oh, I'm sorry. He couldn't throw her out a window. She can't get off the ship. <laughs> Boing. <laughs> um, and yeah, yes, because, and so at the yeah. time, Belle is serving Jekyll some tea because Jekyll is just chilling on the boat with her, um, hiding from Hyde or something. And he says one thing about how Mary should have been mine, which like seems like a very like, I mean, it's not a cool thing to say, but it seems like something that would just someone would say. It doesn't seem like a big, huge red flag. But um, 
Belle is the queen of red flags. She's lived through everyone. She waves every color and every shade of red. And so she immediately goes, oh, this guy's like a toxic bro like my dude. So I'm going to. I'm gonna go get my conch shell. Oh, he said she should have been mine, but not in the cool romantic way, no. but in the super scary way that I now know that there's a difference of, but I didn't know before. Okay, this is what Dr. Hopper was talking about. Got it. <laughs> and before she can blow into the conch shell, uh, Jekyll grabs her and he throws it to the ground and she just goes, oh! Hook hears it. So he's coming to save the day, you guys. Don't worry. Uh, But not before Bill fucking stabs him in the shoulder with a shell. God bless her. Like, that is just like, oh, my emergency phone didn't work. I'm going to use it as a weapon now. Listen, we love an an improvised weapon. Like, Bell is many things. Being well-read serves her very well in certain mm-hmm. circumstances and one of them is just being like i think she read the boy scouts manual and is fully on board oh yeah always be prepared cool hey look a shard of glass i will use this to defend myself and then goes top level she does not stay down there she no. moves she is on the move she moves she runs but she's stuck and she sees rumple there and she's like what the f dude lower the barrier and he's like He's not trying to, like, plead with Hyde. He just goes, I can't. Sorry. Oops. No. This whole scene was very, not very well acted, in my opinion. No. no. Um, didn't feel like anyone really cared about how intense and dramatic this scene is. Um, except for Jekyll. I felt like, even though I don't really like Jekyll's performance all that much, I felt like he was the one who was, like, giving a damn. And Belle is like, no, please. I have a baby. I'm like, you can also just want to be like, you can just want to live. Yeah. You are allowed to still be alive. Like, just be like, please don't kill me. End of statement. Like, that's it. Like one thing that's really frustrating me about Belle's characterization right now. And it's not the actress's fault at all. It's entirely in the writing. She cannot go one scene without verbally talking about being pregnant or, First time or having carrying a son. I'm sorry. You don't all the time. I know. You don't all the time. You do most of the time. But not all the time. I feel like feel like Belle is is the kind of girl that was doing the thing. Did I say this before? I think I, I might have said this in the last episode. But the thing where you're like, look, I've got a little bulb, but she's real skinny, so she's like fully arching her back and sticking her <laughs> stomach out as much as she's like, look at my cute little bulb. It's like you are flexing every muscle you can to make that pot belly kind of show. Wait two more weeks. You will not be thinking it's adorable. Because <laughs> that's when you're going to get bloated. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be like, look, it's so great. Everything on my body hurts. Um, yeah, no, you're right. It's just like, you know, I would not want to be friends with Belle on Facebook in any way, shape, or form. No. But yeah, but before Jekyll can finish the job, Hyde shows up, attacks him, and uh, Jekyll gets impaled on a harpoon. He got harpooned, and uh, uh-oh, Jekyll and Hyde are starting to die in very similar ways. Because Hyde can't be killed, but Jekyll can. So when Jekyll hop dies, so does Hyde. 
Did you like my song? That was I totally a, That was impromptu. I ad-libbed that whole I thing. I can't believe that. That sounds like you've been practicing it for weeks. I feel like that's all you did on a Disney cruise. You just sat on the bow <laughs> and sang about Hyde being dead. No, but one thing I did do, and oh my god, I don't think I got a picture of it, and I'm so mad, but I'll <gasps> get a picture later. I wore for the pirate night on the cruise, I wore a Captain Hook shirt. We're all I about the brand. You love this. I wanted somebody to say something to me. No one said a thing. I was See, so upset. This one person why, had to know. This is why, like, and I know that, like, geeky shirts are, like, the thing. But if I see something that's slightly niche, or maybe even, I'm not going to say it's outdated, but, like, something older, and someone's loud and proud wearing it, I make a point to stop and let them know that I, I recognize what's going on. Because mm-hmm. that's such a cool feeling. Like, I feel like that's it's something that we lost a little bit. I mean, one of the countless things we lost during COVID of just being, like, generally friendly to some people. Like, I just like being like, I love your shirt. You don't have to say anything else. I just sort of point, make zero contact. It's just like, I will keep walking. We do not have to engage in a conversation. I just want to know that I see you and I appreciate your fandom. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I saw someone yeah. with an Honest to God Sherlock shirt the other day. I didn't know they made shirts, and I didn't know that they they existed 11 years later. It's just a little wonderful word of a, uh, a suggestion for folks. Um, if you see somebody and they have an outfit that you like, or you like their hair, or something, you know, something about them you enjoy, let them know. Like, like just, you know, when somebody does that to us, like, it makes us feel so good. Like, it's it just makes you feel great. And so... You know, don't be afraid to do that for other people. Even if, as Abby said, nothing else needs to happen. You go on your separate ways, but you give somebody a little extra pep in their step. I love a good drive-by compliment. Mm-hmm. Me too. Anyway. Anyway. I loved your shirt. I would have said something, Beth. We would have become Thank best you. friends on that boat. <laughs> and then we would have gone to the Star Wars bar. And then I would have gotten very drunk and told you all of my Star Wars and Once Upon a Time theories. And we would have become super best friends. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, so now Hyde and Jekyll are dead. They're because... So when you, anticlimactic. So anticlimactic. But again, like, since I knew it was coming, I wasn't as bothered by it. I know. But it did feel, it did feel like fridging because it only serves to let Regina know, hey... You done goofed. <laughs> the only thing you can do now is die to fix the problem you made. Yeah, they they introduce this whole thing, and the whole thing is just like, you're right. You're talking about like morality plays. It's all Jekyll and Hyde were to Regina. It was just watching a slow car crash, going, "This will be me one day." Like Emma is living through this, like in her brain, like these weird visions of her death are coming. And meanwhile, Regina is just watching something happen, going. Why don't be careful? This is going to happen to me. Why wasn't I paying attention before I ripped this person out of my life, out of my body? Dang it. I also feel like the moral message is really strange because the ending message that Rumple gives to Regina is even if you're good, you're the good half, you still have a capacity for evil. And I, I get obviously evil still has a capacity for good. Which I get with the narrative they're trying to tell. It just doesn't, again, I don't feel like it fits with the Jekyll and Hyde story. I feel like if you're separating 
good from evil. It's about separating emotion from logic. But that is, like you said before, that's also a tale as old as time. It's a story that's been done before. It's just whichever one they did, they should have done it better. I just think that they, there's a there's a way to do the tale as old as time by like twisting it back. Like it's it's in a way. I mean, you could still do that with like the whole in like Jekyll is an incel storyline of just being like you're trying to be so good, but your version of good is corrupted in general. Like you didn't yeah. start whole good. Because there is a gray version of yourself where it's like if you split a gray character into black and white, they're going to be weird, unbalanced, and warped. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have a whole person on either side. And I think that was there worth telling. Being like, this this, this is not a whole dude. This is a person that is lacking a lot of skills and a lot of the parts. Because like Snow is supposed to be all, Snow and Charming, all good, 100%. That's their base code. But if you screw that up, that, anyway, that's where I think they should have gone with that. So you're right. It's just, it doesn't really, the the cloth doesn't seem to hold up super, super yeah. well. A comparison, like a way I think they could have done it better is um, in the video game Life is Strange True Colors, um, the main character's power is the power of empathy and connecting with people through their emotions. And there's, oh, oh I just, oh, yeah. Calm. And there's one point where, there's a character who's so angry, like she is, um, seems beyond help. And so the main character has to decide whether to absorb her anger and take it away or leave the character to her rage. And uh, I did a playthrough where I took the anger onto the protagonist and it left the other character as almost like a shell, like, cause there was something wrong. There was something incomplete. And that's, I think, where it could have been more interesting. Um, it was just, it felt, it felt a little juvenile. Be like, oh, you thought I was, I was evil and he was good. Well, no, I've got good and he's got evil. What a twist! Wahaha! But that's not enough, especially nowadays with the amount of storytelling we've gotten over the years. Yeah, and like again, like we were talking about, like where it's just like you know, you're talking about how it's not really the the this normal story and like the split doesn't make sense. Well, I was, we we're talking about colors and empathy and like the emotions and stuff what if you just split a gray character a morally gray character it they just don't split correctly they just split into two gray characters mm -hmm. like it's just you didn't split because again part of this could just be the fallacy of dr jekyll's entire experiment you cannot split two people in half or one person in half you can't make a whole person out of two at can't make two whole people out of one single person because, like, that's that's the real lesson of this whole, like, evil queen thing. I feel like the evil queen is just some sort of, like, a ghost of a Regina past. Mm -hmm. But now we're addressing it, addressing her like a real person with the same memory. Like, it just, it doesn't hold a lot of water when you think about it for the sheer amount of time that I have been thinking about it. <laughs> it's been seven years. <laughs> so before we go to school, there's... Yes. there's there is a scene that exists. And I don't think it does. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about it. I don't want to, but we do. No one says we do. We can just miss it. <laughs> this might be... And I think we. this is the conclusion that we came to last time we went through this show. I believe this might be the worst scene in all of Once Upon a Time. 
Apart from Rumple getting to go to Bell Heaven at the end. That's I, also I think this contender. is I think this might be where you and I officially washed our hands of the man. Yes. Like we were holding on to a shred. Just a, like a, a thread. An absolute thread. Maybe we can figure this out. Let it go. This was the definition of gaslight and emotional abuse. Because Bell rightfully is like, what the the hell were you doing i almost died because you trapped me in there and you suck and i hate you and he's like oh well yeah but you see the reason i did all of that it was like your fault like way back when like i was like falling in love with you and i didn't want to um so i sought to like separate that and like be super evil because you were totally like you your whole thing was like mush in my vibe uh but i couldn't because i just loved you too much and now i love you so much and uh you're gonna be with me um because of necessity i'm sorry no i i felt like an unhinged best friend when he said that i wanted to physically fight him <laughs> i'm sorry what's going on <laughs> You said what to her? My girl? Absolutely not. You and me just taking my earrings out and <laughs> rings off. Just like, I, this was such a like, who wrote this? Who let this happen? And the fact that he said this with a straight face blows my mind. There is two no redemption for a man like this. Huh? I said two men wrote it. Shocking. Frankly, shocking to my very core, Beth. See, she in my mind, with a sarcastic face, I imagine that there was a secret second conch shell that was directed over to the ladies who tavern because they would hear that and they'd be like, "No, girl," and then they would go up and it would be like in that the Sex in the City movie where where Carrie like gets abandoned at the altar and Mr. Big comes up and then Charlotte goes at him and goes, "No, oh no. my god." That always makes me cry. And then I see how ridiculous the bottom of her dress is. And then I laugh. (laughs) (laughs) But no, yeah, I love that scene. I love Charlotte's so good in that movie. I love that movie because it's a perfect. I cursed the day you were born. You you need a weird over the top friend like like uh, like Charlotte. Um, Like saying that necessity will bring you back to me is like the once upon a time magic equivalent of being like. Uh, I control all our money. You cannot survive without me, which is yeah, like, abuse. I, I pay your bills. You need me to be here. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. no, other people make money. I can make money. I can survive on my own. I've proved that I can do so. Like, what a weird, you are proving that you can't live without her. And the only reason he does this, remember, the only reason that he does this is because she gains the upper hand and says something so cutting he can't defend himself she's like Mm -hmm. congratulations you just killed two lives when there was one i'm sorry are is this is this you branching out in your mlm of being a power hungry lunatic did you just like and then i'll kill two people and then you'll kill two people and then you'll kill two people which is an amazing observation that only bell would make i feel like because it was just like, congratulations, now two people are dead. It could have just, like, it was one person. You ruined this person's life by just simply existing. He had a story that could have played out in a different way, but you interjected yourself. Mm-hmm. And now he's dead. 
twice. Mm-hmm. Two souls are gone. I assume they have souls. I don't know how that works. And so the like, woman that, that they loved. So yeah, three. I'm sorry. Three people are dead. And and Hyde actually has that really great line where because he, he's like, please don't do this. Belle had nothing to do with this. And Hyde looks at him and says, neither did Mary. And that's such an important piece that I'm glad got pointed out where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that woman died and Hyde knows that it's not it's it's it, whose fault it mostly is. I'm not going to say it's not all it's all Rumple, but it's def, like Jekyll's involved. But like Rumple's inclusion of himself in the plot for selfish reasons killed a woman and mm-hmm. then two dudes. Yeah. And gained nothing. Net gain zero. And he did it because he wanted to be even more evil and even more powerful, even though Belle's love would would have cured him. Yeah. But so, to, yeah, just to, just to sum up here, Rumple interjected himself into a story in which then caused a woman and then two men to die, but also set Regina on a path of splitting herself in half, the dragon dying and then question mark episodes coming up. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. and and it gained nothing to Rumple, and he will never think about this again in the day uh, for a day in his life. Nope. Nope. No, he's just going to be like, you need me. I pay your bills. I pay your bills, woman, and I'm going to leave like a hero. And it's like, Belle should have just been flipping him off both fingers while he walked. Just (sighs) still winning. I love that. I I live for the day when we could get that once upon a time. Well, to close out, uh, Snow goes to school. Uh, She sucks at teaching. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Just saying, here's the Newton's third law of dynamics. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Here's two, two, uh, one sentence about it. Does someone want to come solve it? There's no, nothing of to solve. Not. First of all, there's nothing to solve. She solved it. It's there's nothing <laughs> to do. So like, whatever. But at the same time, what curriculum is high welcome? It's syllabus day. What are you talking about? It's high welcome to school. How many of you know how to read? Who speaks English? Yeah, like Tom yeah, Sawyer hey, was you in the, in the class. straw cap. You in the straw hat. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> like, <laughs> What's your literacy level? What's your literacy level? Where are your parents? Did you get pulled from whitewashing a fence somewhere? What's going on? And yeah, she's just like, yeah, we're going to not only start, start really hard in the paint on the first day, we're also going to fully skip everything. It's Newton's third law. All right. Hello. I am an untold story character up in the front row. Who's Newton? (laughs) What are the first two laws? What are they laws of? Why does it matter? I thought this was English class. What is this magic uh, inkless quill? (laughs) Why am I sitting in the most uncomfortable chair I've ever sat in? Why are there weird inspirational quotes everywhere it's, and they all freaking flunk and she flunks them all i'm sorry great on a curve they all get c's i just <laughs> you no. failed girl but yeah listen listen I, I i don't know and i'm sure anyone that teaches knows this but it's like if everyone of your students fails you are a failure that is not yeah. on them you did something wrong and she kind of gets it she's kind of like oh something's wrong i don't know what it is and then a mysterious character 
who we will definitely be surprised with, with who it turns out to be at the very end of this episode, tells her a story being like, oh, well, like, that's who you were, not who you are. So change to be more who you are. It's like, that is not the lesson here. The lesson here is that you don't have teaching left. You don't, you didn't go to school. You don't know how to build a syllabus. You don't know how to put a lesson plan together. You don't know how to teach children. You probably didn't give them bathroom breaks. You're going to build birdhouses for four of the hours of your the school day. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. I hear you loud and clear. I'm going to be the best teacher ever. I'm going to bring a weapon to school. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. The lesson should not be. How would Snow White teach a class? <laughs> That's not the ending message. The ending message should be. Um. Where's my textbook? I need to learn basic science and math. Okay, and this will be this this will be the last bit of Abby's mad about science corner. Because the lesson is here are the exams. I'm going to put them on the tree and then I'm going to shoot it with an arrow. See everybody? That is an equal but opposite reaction. Where? How? What? There is, listen, there is an equal and opposite reaction that does happen. It happens with the bow. But that's not what she's pointing at. She's talking about hitting the arrow into the tests. That, that everyone failed the test, so I put an arrow through them in a tree. Neither equal nor opposite. Like, She's also, like, teaching middle school, it looks like. Why is she teaching middle school? Like, middle school or high school. So, like... No, 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 you're right, middle school. But middle school, you don't have one teacher for everything like you do in elementary school. You have, like, the different teachers for different subjects. Where's our science bros? Also, you don't learn physics in middle school. You learn physics in high school from a qualified physics teacher. Not from not Birdhouse McGee. Could you imagine being taught physics by a woman with a bow strapped to her back and half a heart because she gave the other half of her heart to a, her husband in Neverland to survive? Explain that one to the school board. <laughs> well, yeah, so she's a teacher. She's an amazing teacher, but also Jasmine is working with the nameless blonde little girl. Yay! Oh yes, because that's our big that's our big reveal. It's Princess Jasmine. 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 And like, I I like the actress a lot. I think she's really beautiful. Um, and she was in Gallivant, so which is a very fun. That's what I knew her from. Yeah, (sighs) very talented. Um, but yeah, like the fact that they expected us to be remotely surprised by the reveal that she calls her Jasmine. Yeah, listen, and and I don't. Yeah, you can't introduce a character like that in a predominantly white cast the way Once Upon a Time is, and have us be like you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they 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 built the show in a way that they can't do those kind of surprises. No. It's just, and unfortunately, that's the, the the hand they're dealt also with Disney characters that exist. I think it would be better now. They have mm-hmm. a lot more to choose from with like Pixar and things like that, but still, uh, yeah, not surprising at all. I just like it. it's like yes, 
Jasmine. <laughs> and everybody, that was season six, episode four, Strange Case. The the swan song, the goodbye for Jekyll and Hyde. They are no longer on this mortal coil. Um, their story, I guess, is untold. So peace out, I guess. The untold told story of Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, J- uh, Hyde was like so insistent about telling this. The stories need to be told, and then it doesn't get told, or I don't know. It's, it doesn't make any sense. We're here for the queen. It's all good. It's all good. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> I want to thank all of you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. You can subscribe to us wherever you get those wonderful podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. Uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash OUA timing. We want to thank our wonderful patrons for your continued love and support, especially our Swan Queen patrons. And now we've got two queens, so more for Emma to choose from. I think that should give yeah. you two Swan Queen callouts for the day. Absolutely. And these uh, callouts are going to go to Ashley Buschetta and Brian Sanina. Thanks to both of you. Yay! You guys can fight it out amongst yourself which one is True. the evil one and which one's Regina. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they both are good in different ways. Exactly. So. It's You win either way. Well, everybody, we're going to be back next week with season six, episode five, Street Rats. And I am curious to see this one because, like I said, I went on a Disney cruise recently and the main production was Aladdin. So I got Aladdin on the brain. Oh, I'm so jealous of you, Disney cruise. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for joining us and Abby. We'll see you next week. See you next week.